You know, Pastor taught us on, but we see Jesus. I think that's, that's one of my favorite messages. You know, every Sunday is my favorite message. Then every Wednesday becomes my favorite message. Praise God. God keeps blessing us with his word in this house. But pastor said something so important last week, which is the crux, you know, of worship, which is what worship really is about. Worship is really about seeing Jesus. It's beyond the music, it's beyond the dance, it's beyond the instruments, it's really seeing Jesus. And that is exactly what this worship nights, you know, that's why these meetings are called. Nights like this are very important in our lives because night, nights like this, destinies are birthed. Hallelujah. Direction is given. We begin to see Jesus. And when we see him, what happens is that we, look, we lose sight of everything else. Until we see Jesus, we haven't started to worship. Until our soul and our spirit has seen, ascended, and we have left. You know, Pastor said something. When you see him, every knowledge you know, you know, takes the back seat. Everything you know, whether it is real or perceived, a pain in your body, you know, something that is real, something that is a knowledge that you have experienced even. When we see him, when we see Jesus, everything takes the back seat. Amen. Hallelujah, and tonight we're going to be going further in the word. How many of us are excited? I'm excited, praise God. And we're going to be talking more um, about worship in terms of purpose. Um, I, I titled this message, it's a quick one, it's just a quick exhortation to help us worship better tonight. Walking in purpose on purpose. All right, walking in purpose on purpose. And we're going to show you how worship is crucial for the believer. Why worship is so important? Why do we worship? What happens when we worship? Is it just for us to feel the goosebumps? Amen. Or is it just for us to, you know, hear wonderful, the wonderful voices of God's anointed minstrels? No. Why worship? And I'm going to be showing you tonight by God's grace how worship is extremely crucial for our walk with God and fulfilling his purpose for our lives. Now let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Now this scripture that I'm going to read is a very popular text. And I'm, uh, it's one that I think is my favorite text in the whole Bible. I was telling Pastor Ayo earlier today that when I was on campus, you know, as a young campus pastor, I started to pastor on campus. You know, we had this small fellowship and Pastor Chike was my pastor back then. Amen. Hallelujah. And we were just gathering people and just, you know, I was so clueless. That's the word. I just loved God. I had a lot of, you know, word. And my pastor said, you know, go and pastor. Praise God. And I told him that this, this scripture was one of my most, that was the scripture my whole ministry was anchored on. I must say that. This scripture birthed the will of God, the plan of God for me in those days. And we used to pray this scripture over and over. We had this field where we would go to um, at night. I don't know if you can remember. There are different fields, you know. Um, and then we'll just go and I'll read this scripture to them. And then we'll just stay praying, worshiping. And as we stay, we prayed, we worshiped, we saw the hand of God. All right, so this scripture is very crucial. And I'm trusting God that your eyes will be opened um, in the mighty name of Jesus. 
So as a young believer, I came to God and I had a lot of, you know, teaching knowledge. Thank God for the word. And um, when I came into Christ, this was finally, you know, I always tell people this. I'd given my life to Christ over and over. But the last time I didn't collect it back, the last time I gave him forever was just before secondary school, uh, f just before university, after secondary school. And, you know, I got to be a believer and I, I loved the teaching of the word. I was so eager to learn the word because the word presented so many things for me. You know, I, one of the things I loved the most when I first gave my heart to Christ was the fact that I could live above sin. I mean, for me, that was revelation. How that, oh my God, I don't have to be a sinner. I, mean, I don't have to steal. I don't have to lie. As in sin doesn't have to take dominion and have dominion over me. It was so beautiful. I loved it so much. It, 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 the word taught me how to live above sin, how to walk in faith. That was another major thing I learned, how to walk in faith, how to walk in prosperity. Now, over the years, I kept on learning the word of God, as many of us are learning the word of God in this great house. But I realized that there was something that I just couldn't put my hands on. I just couldn't, there was like an emptiness, a dissatisfaction. Yes, I was born again. Yes, I knew the word of God. But it just seemed as though, yes, I was doing well. I must tell you the truth. But it just seemed as though there was something missing. All right, there was something missing. Um, Lo, I'm, finally, I, I made contact with this ministry, Pastor Ayo's ministry back then. And, you know, one thing I noticed was that there was a lot of teaching of the word and a lot of worship. Now, I wasn't used to worship back then. I was just used to teaching of the word, you know, hearing the word. So I always used to wonder, why did we take so much time worshiping? I mean, we could go entire sessions, two hours, three hours, and Pastor would just say, let's spend time worshiping. And I felt like, why are we wasting time? Just teach us and let's go. Praise God. I was younger back then, you know. I used to wonder, why this worship? I didn't know back then that worship, teaching of the word is very important. And I must say that it is what grounds you as a believer. But you have to understand that there's power in worship. Now, I said something was missing. Something was missing. I was a believer. I knew faith. I knew love. But something was missing. It wasn't until I started to learn the importance of worship. That was when my life started coming together. I could piece the pieces, you know, together. I could understand the purpose of my life. And I'm going to show us this from the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5. I said, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Are we there? Let's start from verse 15. Um, but let's go to verse 14 for context. It says, wherefore he says, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. He says, awake thou that sleepest. Now you have to understand the context this scripture was written. It wasn't written to unbelievers. All right, this was written to who? Christians in Ephesians, in Ephesus. That is why it's the gospel to the Ephesian Christian. It says, awake thou that sleepest. Now, is this talking about, you know, being spiritually dead and coming into spiritual life? No. It's talking to believers who were born again, who had the life of Christ. If you just flip back to verse 8, you will see it. It says, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye, the, are ye light in the Lord. So these people were already born again. All right? They were already Christians walking in the world. They were already saved. Then he went on to say in verse 8, walk as children of light. So this scripture was written to Christians who were born again, who were hearing the word of the Lord. But he said, awake. So is it possible to be a believer and to be asleep? Yes. Is it possible to be a believer and not understand what God is doing in, this, in the season, in the land, what he's doing in your life? Yes. 
And that point where I said I was learning all the word of God, but there seemed to be some form of, you know, something wasn't right. This was where I was. I was alive in Christ Jesus, but I was not awake to the call of God on my life. I was not awake to the purposes of God on my life. He says, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. So it's not that you're spiritually dead, but there needs to be an arising. There needs to be a coming alive. Someone say coming alive. You know, the scripture says in Isaiah 64 verse 1, it says, arise. There is an arising that needs to happen in the life of the believer. All right, it says, arise. And when you arise, what happens? You begin to do what? Shine. He says, awake, thou that sleepest. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Arise, shine, for your light has come. It's the same thing the scripture is talking about. Arise, shine, your light has come. He says, when you arise, Christ shall give you light. So what is this scripture really talking about? Let's move to verse 15. All right, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. So he's saying we should wake up. He's saying we should arise. He's saying we should wake up to what God is doing in our lives. And he begins to show us how. How do we do this? And that's one of the things I love the word of God. Uh, you know, one thing I really like about the word of God, it tells us who we should be and shows us the way there. Praise God. Isn't God good? So he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as, the, as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So he tells us to wake up and he begins to tell us how. The first thing he says is that you walk circumspectly. See to it, believer. See to it, Christian, that you walk circumspectly. What is he talking about when he talks about walking circumspectly? He says you need to have a lifestyle that is focused. A lifestyle that is on purpose. All right? When you see that word walk, walk circumspectly. He's not talking about walking from here to Yaba. Praise God. He's talking about a lifestyle. He's saying you must have a lifestyle that is living life on purpose. Circumspect person, when you're talking about circumspectly, it means someone who is living on purpose. Someone who is not beating the air. Someone who is not just a believer for being a believer's sake, but understands the times, understands the season, understands what God is doing in my life. Pastor said something last, you know, during the Hearing God series. He says, you are a masterpiece. How many of us know that? That you are a masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. But guess what? You are a masterpiece with a master plan. But a lot of us stop there. I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. And we forget that this masterpiece was made for what? A master, a master plan. Amen. Praise God. And that is what he's talking about here. He says, see that you walk circumspectly, focused. All right? A lifestyle that is working exact. A life on purpose in purpose. Hallelujah. But be, be not as the fools, but as wise. We're still in verse 16. I'm just going to read the scriptures, unpack it for us. Show us what God wants and we're going to get worshiping. Amen. Tonight is a good night. Hallelujah. Say, so walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. When he talks about not as fools, he's not actually saying, um, you know, um, you know, I don't want to abuse anybody, praise God. But there are certain believers who walk as fools. And what does a fool mean? What, how do you define a fool? A fool is the way, one who doesn't know the way out. A fool is not a bad person. A fool is not a lazy person. There's this scripture that I referenced here. I think it's the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. It says, the labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them because he knows not how to go into the city. Now, it doesn't talk about the man is lazy. 
He doesn't talk about the man is complacent. He says he's a fool, meaning that he just doesn't know how. Praise God. He just doesn't know how. What doesn't he know how? To put the pieces together. So God is giving you this on this side. You're learning faith. You're learning this. You're learning love. You're learning joy. But you just don't know how to put it together to understand God's master plan for your life. So he says, don't be as the fool. Don't be as the fool. The foolish man is the one who just lives his life as though, you know, I take any opportunity I can take. I do whatever I can take. God, I'm, I'm God's master, please. Anything I do will work. Hallelujah. It's true, but to an extent. Pastor has told us over and over about you cannot just wake up and say you are going to Canada. Amen. Praise God. And say, Holy Ghost, follow me. Praise God. I watch that clip over and over and I just laugh every single time I watch that clip. You, you make our plans and we ask God to bless it and tell the Holy Ghost to follow us. You know, but that's not how life is. That is the foolish man who lives his life not knowing that there is a master plan. He says, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So where are we go going to? The times, redeeming the times because the days are evil. And when he talks about redeeming the time, it's just as simple as saying buying back the time. So it is time you used to buy back purpose. It is redeeming your time that you used to buy your purpose. You buy the will of God for your life. It's with time. So every single day, it's an opportunity for you to seize the purpose of God for your life. Every single day. Every single day you can walk in purpose. How we will get there. But I want you to see this very clearly. That as a believer, you're a young believer, you're an older believer, every single day is an opportunity for you to enter, presents the opportunity to work in God's plan for your life. And that was, that's what this scripture is saying. Don't be asleep. Wake up. Work circumspectly. Stop wasting time. Stop losing time. The days are evil. You need to buy back the time. You need to redeem the time. You need to hold it. And I know that for any believer who is, you know, who really just wants to walk in the will of God, this is a very important thing for you. How to use every moment of your time to walk in the purposes of God. So he says, redeem the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of God is. All right, don't be unwise. We talked about it. Don't be a foolish person. Don't live your life anyhow. Don't labor and labor and labor without God's plan and intention for your life. But be understanding. All right, be understanding. Understand how to do it. Your life is like a jigsaw puzzle. Everything makes sense when you understand it. You are putting this piece. You are putting that piece. You are putting this piece to understand the master plan for your life. It says be understanding, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Then verse 18 begins to tell us how we get into it. Verse 17 and 18 is, is you know, encouraging us to be serious with our lives. Encouraging us to redeem the time. Encouraging us to understand the will of God. Encouraging us to live on purpose. From verse 18, it begins to tell us how we enter into this. And it says this very clearly, do not be drunk with wine. Very, very clear. All right? Wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And this was where worship began to have a new dimension for me. When I understood the importance of worship. Because one of the things, major things that happens in worship is a refilling in the Spirit. I know that every believer is filled with the Spirit. The moment you say yes to the Lord, you are filled with the Spirit, right? And the moment you also say, you know, get ready, get start speaking in other tongues, what happens? You have another infilling of the Spirit. But every time, every now and then, the believer is supposed to keep being filled 
when he talks about but be filled with the spirit, it is a being refilled over and over again. Over and over again. And that really happens in worship. What happens when we stand to worship, when we kneel to worship, is a refilling of your spirit man. An infilling of the Holy Ghost into your spirit man. Hallelujah. I know that, excuse me, I know that we think that this happens naturally. No, 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 no. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean you get filled with the Holy Spirit over and over. Just like it doesn't, it's not the same thing where you have a car. If you don't drive to the filling station and go intentionally, your car will be empty. True or false? So as a believer, you need to get into that place of worship and get infilled again. And what happens? How many of us remember the um, example pastor gave us? The Holy Spirit, your spirit, and your soul. How many of us remember that? All right. So you're a, you are, you are a believer. What happens is you begin to fill yourself over and over with the Holy Spirit. Staying in worship. Staying there. Staying there, exchanging words to the Lord. And it shows us how to worship. Staying there in worship. Your spirit begins to open up. And then the Holy Spirit begins to pour into you. He begins to pour into you. And you know what he's pouring into you? Custom-made visions for you. You see, this is what makes the difference between believers living on purpose. They are the ones who have the custom-made plan from heaven in their lives. You see, the word of God is important. It shows you the way. The word of God is important. It gives you light. The word of God is important. But there is a dimension when you need the guide. Pastor said this, that the word is light, but your spirit is guide. Where you are walking on the right road. But at certain points, you have three roads in front of you. And everything looks good. Amen. And every single thing looks what's good. You don't know which one to choose. It is in worship. The Holy Spirit begins to fill your soul. Begins to fill your spirit, man. You just begin to know. Amen. You just begin to know. It was in this, you know, atmosphere of worship. Like I told you when I was on campus, I knew that God had things for me. I just didn't know how to enter it. I go to the field that night. I guide my guys with me and we just start worshiping. Heartfelt worship. We'll see how to worship. And every single time I got into that atmosphere, I just began to see. I just began to know. I just began to see. It's almost as though the master artist takes a paintbrush and begins to paint images in your heart. You just begin to know the next thing to do. You just begin to have light. And you know what, what else happens in that, thing, in, in that presence? Pastor said it earlier. The moment you get into that place, into his presence, what happens is that you just begin to become like him. So not only uh, are you seeing, not only are you hearing, not only are you getting clarity, not only are you beginning to live life on purpose, you are changed and metamorphosed to his image. So worship is not just, you know, coming here and saying we are doing Jesus nights just because we want you to have fun. No. We understand that the, the worship, the, the importance of worship is very paramount to the believer. Where you lose sight of everything. And your spirit man is drinking from the Lord. Where the Holy Spirit is infilling you over and over again. That is when you begin to know the steps you take. Pastor said this on Sunday that, and I really, really believe it, that walking in purpose, walking for, in God's master plan for your life, is just one step after the other. It's just, this is where, really where faith is. It's just one step after the other. It's one step you're here in worship and you're just soaked in that presence. And you just hear, do this. You just see, this is the next way to go. You just know, this is the house to live. I hope you know that in the master plan, your house address is there. Amen. 
I hope you know that. This is the next thing to do. And then you rise up from there with strength from the Lord. Because when you get into that presence, you don't only know, you become. You don't only know, but you become. So things that look so hard. You know, because when you get into the presence, God speaks big. Brothers and sisters, I don't know if you've ever heard God. And, you know, the person who you were before you entered that worship cannot carry that, that instruction. But you become in his presence. He begins to make you. He begins to do what? He begins to make you. You begin to become. Hallelujah. That is the power of worship. Worship is one of the, is one of the most important tools that we have as believers. And that was why Paul wrote this to the, to the Ephesian church. He says that walk circumspect. Let this be your lifestyle. Let this be your lifestyle. Worship is good to have. It's good to have worship in church. But as a believer, you must wake up every morning, plugging out of the world and tuning into heaven. Every morning. Every morning. You can be filled a, a hundred times a day. You can be being filled 50 times a day. It depends on you. Because there is a life beyond this, this ordinary realm. There is a life there. And it is with your spirit man you can touch it. Pastor told us that your spirit man is the bridge between the realm of the spirit and your physical existence. So the realm, your spirit can touch God. Your spirit can touch God. It says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard those things that I've planned for you, but I've revealed them unto you by my spirit. So those things, those revelations that God has for you, those things he has planned for you, you only access them by your spirit. No matter the strategy, no matter how intelligent you are, you can't enter the best of God for you if you don't do this. So worship is important. It's, a, it's, a, it's the vehicle that takes us into that realm. Let's continue. So he says, but be being filled with the spirit. Be being filled. I want you to have that image in you. I'm not a body. I'm not a soul. Hallelujah. I am a spirit. I am a spirit. You have to have that image. And it is my spirit that touches God. And in worship, what happens? He's pouring into me. I'm being refilled over and over again. I'm being infilled. And you know what happens? It's just like a cup. Let's just use the, the example of a cup. Now, the Holy Spirit is that host, never-ending source. Praise God. It's not the drug. It's the never-ending source. And then when you get into worship, what happens is that the Spirit of God turns on you. The light of... You know, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro the earth. Hallelujah. And I hope you know that the eyes of the Lord doesn't see your last week. Amen. Hallelujah. Neither does he see your bends on your Bentley, amen? That is for us to see. And to heal, you say, my guy, you're doing well. Hallelujah. But when the eyes of the Lord is roaming, what do you think he's looking for? He's looking for those hearts that are perfect towards him. So at every moment he's looking, I want the heart connected to me. I want the hearts connected to me. I want to pour out some more. Some more wisdom, some more plan. I don't want my children to walk as fools. Wearing themselves. They do not know how to get into the city. They do not know what to do. Amen. 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 So his eyes are seeking. His eyes are seeking. Is that what, what Jesus told the woman at the well? He said something very important. Let me quickly look for that reference. He says, you do not know what you worship. 
She was asking, do we worship here or do we worship there? That's John chapter 4 verse 23. It says, but the hour comes and now is when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You see that? It is your spirit that is doing it. It's spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such. That's verse, it says, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is looking for spirits that are open to him. He's looking for men who will tune out of this physical world. Pastor told us something some days back when he started this series. He says, we are so attuned to this natural world that we know how to turn on our flesh. We know how to go out, stand up, go to the car, do this. We know how to turn on our, our souls. We know how to think hard, think well. But do we know how to turn on the spirit man? This is how. Worship is one of the ways. Where you turn on, you turn off your body, you turn off your souls, and your spirit is alive to God. And he begins to pour. So just like a cup, the Holy Ghost is that horse, that never-ending source. And you are just a little cup right there. And it begins to pour custom-made plans. The next job, the next thing to do, the next way to go. Now it's time to leave all and come into full time. He will tell you, now it is time to do this. You begin to live on, in purpose on purpose. And you know what happens as it's filling your cup. And that's why we stay long in worship. Because it's not a one time, it's, it's a feeling. So gradually, depending on what you have though, if it's a small teacup you have, it's quickly. But if you are, you know, that one that has the jar and you are ready to take much, as much as you can take, it begins to fill you. So the first 10 minutes, you're feeling goosebumps. Praise God, it's feeling good, it's feeling okay. But another 10 minutes, what happens? You are lost in worship. Hallelujah. Your spirit man is active. Your body, you, you know, your body reacts in the presence of God. I don't know about you. My body always does that. Praise God. And then more is coming. Then you stay another 30 minutes. What happens? You begin to see, you begin to know, you begin to become. That is why we stay long in, this, in worship. This is why we worship. So worship is not just praise and worship. Oh, single, single, praise. No. A lot happens there. Pastor said this. Worship is the, is the medium for exchange. Between the divine and the natural. That is where you exchange your strength. You exchange your visions for his. You exchange everything for his own. You exchange to get the higher life. Amen. Amen. So he says, be being filled with the spirit. Verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now he begins to tell us how to be, to be filled. All right. He's telling us how. He's telling us how. Be being filled. He says, speaking to yourself in psalms. What, what does a psalm mean? A heart that is full of praises. So what, how do you really worship? It's not just the words. It's a heart that is filled with praises. As you get into that place, you tune out and you are praising him. Whether fast beat, slow beat, it doesn't matter. But your heart must be praising him. You are not going to worship with your problems. Now you see a lot of people who cry in worship. But what they are crying with is crying about is their problems. No. He tells us how to do the worship. He didn't say, in worship, present your problems to me. No, he didn't say that. Worship is not the tool for crying about your problems. No, sir. There is no ascension in that one. He says, speaking to yourselves, first thing, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So as the worship leader is leading, you are singing to the Lord. You are worshiping. What they are doing is actually just helping us to worship. Leading us in worship. Next thing he says, in psalms, in hymns. And when we talk about hymns, hymns are songs that glorify the Lord. So you're not singing, I'm just a worm. Who am I but a nobody? Have mercy, Lord. Pity me. This is my head. 
this my coconut head. Lord, break it. Break it for me. Break it. No, no, no. It's clear. Psalms, hymns, and it talks about spiritual songs, songs of the spirit. It's telling us what to do and how to do it accurately. Songs of the Spirit. You are singing in tongues. You are glorifying his name. All right, like what Minister Rema did. Glorifying the name of Jesus. I don't know how many of you, but my spirit came on. Hallelujah. Oh my God, my spirit came on. It's a direct line to God. I tell you, a man of worship, fear that man. A man who understands the word and understands worship fear that man. That man has a direct line to God. Worship is so powerful. So powerful. Take to him praises. Take to him psalms. Take to him hymns. Glorify his name. Spiritual songs. Let your spirit begin to overflow with songs. Songs of the spirit. You are singing in tongues. My God. You know what you're doing? Your spirit man is awake and alert. He's saying, Lord, I'm ready. And the eyes of the Lord is seeking to and for the earth. The Bible says he's seeking for true worshipers. The moment his eyes turn on you, he begins to pour it. Visions for the tomorrow. He begins to pour it light. You just begin to see. You just begin to become strong. You were weak. Oh. But all of a sudden, you just become. You just become. People think you're that small girl who can't do much and you're just so tiny and you know you've had so many heartbreaks and you're just broken. I'm telling you, get into worship. Everything is looking confusing. Get into worship. Speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know, it's so important that you understand what the scriptures are saying. Otherwise, you just pass it that he's just saying different things. No. Every word in the Bible is important. It says you are singing and making melody in your heart. I did just a quick study on what this means. Making melody in your heart. It talks about your heart now becoming the instrument of worship. You know how, you know, Minister Emeka, Minister Emeka comes and he begins to press the keyboard and it's such a beautiful melody. Praise God. Your heart begins to become the instrument of worship. Talking about heartfelt worship. You see, you can sing the Psalms, but your heart is not there. It's not worship. Don't, don't, you see, you cannot trick God. You cannot trick God. No matter how much you cry, you shout. If your heart is not making melody, because what God sees is your heart. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit. So what happens on this external, your flesh is demonstrating, you can roll and roll and roll, scream and scream and say, eh, ah, oh, what he's saying is what? Your spirit. Are those things wrong? No. No. The truth is that when your spirit man touches God, my God, my God, I don't know about you, but there's, there's a surge of power into your body. Amen. Amen. So it's not just about the songs. They're key. But it's the heart. When your heart begins to become the instrument of worship. And this was what I discovered on campus. This was what made me begin to make the right choices. I've always looked back at my life. And I always used to ask myself, I was so young. How did I make the right choices? I was so young. I didn't know nothing. I was so young, but I noticed one thing about my life. I was making the right choices. I was taking the right steps. 
I was walking one foot there, one foot here in the plans and purposes of God for my life. Was it because, oh, she's so special? Oh, she's, no, 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 no. I found the secret early. I found out that the word of God is powerful. So powerful. And so is the worship. Because in that place where you begin to walk circumspectly, in that place where you cast off everything and your heart is totally sold out to him, he begins to feel you. He begins to show you. You begin to become. I always tell people this. I was talking to someone recently as I close. That I'm not in any secondary school association group. Because my friends cannot believe who I am today. Uh, it's like what an opposite. It's almost as though for me, I was born again. Hallelujah. Like that person did not exist. And God made me afresh. I have totally changed. And what is the secret? What is that secret? Spending time with God in worship. How many of us are ready to worship the Lord tonight? How many of us are ready to turn off from this world and turn on our spirit man? Let our spirits touch God tonight. How many of us are ready? Right where you are, begin to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the doorway. It's the gateway. Begin to speak in tongues. And when the worship starts, I want you to throw yourself into it. Listen, if you have to turn off your phone, turn off your phone. Close your eyes. And let your mind be fixed on one person. And his name is Jesus. Show him that it's only him. Let your spirit man roar, rise. Close your eyes and begin to pray in tongues now. Is someone worshiping tonight? Close your eyes. Throw out the gum from your mouth. No distractions. Turn off your phone. Close your eyes. And let's begin to worship the Lord tonight. We hope you've been blessed by this message. To be a part of any of our programs or services, visit our website www.petracc.org for our different locations and service times. We'll be happy to have you join our online community. Follow us on our social media handle on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram at Petra Christian Center. You can also reach us via email at correspondent at petracc.org or call us on 070-173-87222. Petro Christian Center, building Jesus communities globally.